Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast. I'm Dan Staten. This is your blue collar, do-it-yourself, self-guided, public land, elk hunting learning curve resource where we leverage hunting to create more personal development. Our goal is to educate and encourage our listeners to become the best possible version of themselves through hard work, delayed gratification, and being accountable to themselves. Welcome to the Oak Shape, guys. What's up? This is that podcast where we talk about personal development, elk hunting, getting better, staying strong, for your family, for your friends, for your coworkers, and using elk as your fuel. Using that bugle juice to get you up early in the mornings and to keep you on task, dedicated, and just crushing life outside of hunting. Today we're bringing on Kevin Gian of Wilderness Athlete. Homeboy started with uh, Sportsman's, Outdoor Sportsman's. They make, you know, the badass tripods and the training packs and all that kind of stuff. Well, and then he migrated his way over to Wilderness Athlete at the ground level and has been with them since their very early days. So he's been there a long time. He's a sharp guy. We're going to have him on to talk a little product, talk a little fitness knowledge, as well as a little life knowledge. Pretty cool podcast today. We, we go into some good stuff. You will walk away better if you listen to this one. And Wilderness Athlete is hooking it up for all you listeners. Here's your exclusive Elk Shape 30 will save you 30% off your next order. That's right. So you cannot buy a bunch of package stuff, but you can order whatever you want on the website as long as it's not a package and you'll get 30% off your first order. And if you've made orders in the past, that's fine. This discount code will just work one time only. So time to stock up on your whatever that you like from them. Uh, when I first started with them, it was always hydrate, recover, and alert. And if I hunted high altitude, it was the altitude advantage. And they've come a long way since then. There's a lot of variety of products out there. We're going to go through some of them today, the ones that I 
was real curious about, asked some questions. So you, you can learn more and then maybe after the podcast, check it out. I'll put it in the show notes so you don't have to rewind and we'll go from there. And then as far as people are going to be like, well, I thought you were a mountain ops guy. Hey, I did work with mountain ops for a couple of years, but before then I was with wilderness athlete and then I'm migrating back to wilderness athlete for a lot of reasons. And I guess this is the place to say that we talk about it a little bit on the podcast, but if I were to distill it down to wilderness athlete is a company that I appreciate their brand. I appreciate their messaging and I can fully stand behind their products as well as the people that work there. And I really think they're positive and I think that they're not really a marketing company, they're an actual supplement company. Then they do really good work when, as far as creating good formulas and positive branding and they want to work with companies like me. They don't want to just work with Dan State and they want to work with Elk Shape. They like what we're doing for elk hunting and for personal development and that's exciting. And I have nothing bad to say about Mountain Ops at all. I think they're good at what they do, and I wish them well. Moving on, we have a program called 90 Days to Elk Shape. It came out January 1st. It is built in for basically anybody wanting to get in shape, and it is as hard as you want to make it, and it's as scalable as you want to make it. It does not require very much equipment at all, so you could do it as a minimalist in your garage gym, you could do it in your basement, you can do it at your global gym or your CrossFit gym or whatever gym. And it's $69.99. You get 90 work, 90 days of workouts with some good dialogue in there to keep you motivated and clickable links to watch the workouts ahead of time in case you don't understand the lingo or you just need to clarify or visually see something performed. We got you. Now there's other programs out there that I have been messaged about that are charging somewhere between six and $800 for a year access. Pump the brakes. Try this program out. It's 90 days. You download the, the PDF. It's 15 megabytes. It's yours to keep. You can cycle through it again after 90 days or you can move on to other things. But here's what I can tell you. For 70 bucks-ish, that's going to put a lot more money in your bank account to gas up the rig and go do some scouting or buy another elk tag or get that backpack you've been wanting to get or pair of boots. And so cost effective and, you know, as far as credentials go, check my credentials. I don't suck when it comes to being a strength conditioning coach. Got 20 years doing it and I want fitness to be your ally in the mountains. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Finally, so Kevin Gann's going to come on today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, their products, but really talk about some takeaways that you can do after the podcast today. And there's, a, there's one good challenge in there that I want you to listen for and see if you want to take on that challenge. And then for those that are thinking about doing an elk shape camp, you better hustle because Camp 4.0 is coming up in Redmond, Oregon. Dirk and I are heading down to go change lives at Top Pen Archery in Redmond. We're going to spend a day over in Sisters, Oregon. There's a gym there that we're renting, and we're going to spend all day in that gym, and it's going to be badass. We're going to cover a lot of ground just like we do at every camp. Then we go to Texas, then we go to Wisconsin, then Colorado, and then we finish in Vancouver, Washington. And I'm here to tell you right now, Texas, Wisconsin, and Denver – Y'all are selling out fast. There's a few tickets left at each camp, so hop on it. If you need a little discount, it's Lakewood 50. That's 50 bucks off any camp, as well as if you're a first responder, that's military, firefighter, police, uh, active military guys. You guys, 150 bucks off if you use the discount code first responder, all one word. That's my special way of saying thank you for your service. And that's what we got. Elk Shape Camps. Um, life-changing and literally my greatest work I've ever done in my life. The most rewarding work I've ever done it is like instantaneous 
for me gratification. By the time that camp's over, I know that everyone's got a blueprint, a roadmap to success, and we know their weaknesses, we've identified them, and we've created a plan once they've left and they're on their way. Whew, that's everything I got. Let's dive into the podcast with Kevin Gein. This is Wilderness Athlete, and separation is in the preparation. Guys, welcome to Elk Shape Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Kevin Gian. And uh, so, from Wilderness Athlete, but also himself is a former athlete. And he is a guy who likes to get out there and hunt and would probably consider himself a hunting athlete. Kevin, thanks for coming on, man. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Dan. I appreciate it. Definitely excited to have you on. So, yeah, you work for Wilderness Athlete. We're going to get into that today, but I want to learn about your story. So currently, you're living in beautiful Arizona. Is that right? I am. Yeah, I live here in Arizona. I've been here for about six years, um, born and raised in Northern California, but I've definitely set my roots down here in Arizona, and I love it. Mm, so NorCal to Arizona. Yeah. Definitely. It's a pretty common transition. There's so many Californians that live here in Arizona now for a lot of reasons, as a lot of the listeners would probably imagine just, uh, you know, cost of living and political climate in California is just, it's, uh, it's easy to want to move away from there for sure. <laughs> oh, I feel you. There's some toxicity there and I love NorCal, man. It's beautiful. I, um, I've hunted there a little bit and it's got some great hunting opportunities. You can't overstep that. Like you can't overlook the fact that there's good bear densities, phenomenal deer hunting. Um, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities. And, man, the seasons are pretty slick for bow hunters. When does – what's the earliest archery season for blacktail? Oh, God. I, well, so it's going to be A zone, and it's been a long time since I've, I've hunted in A zone, but I think they start in, like, July, to be honest, uh, pretty early. Like, it's, it's definitely, like, one of the earliest archery seasons out there. Um, you know, I think just the, the climate and everything else, those deer move through their um, periods and stuff a lot quicker than a lot of other uh, states do. But it's definitely early and it's hot for sure. Okay. Well, if you kind of had to give us your background on not only just your hunting background, but life, man, I want to get to know Kevin as far as the dude that I talk to all the time. Tell us about yourself. Uh, sure. I, I guess, um, man, where to start? I don't know. I think so I grew up uh, like a lot of guys, you know, hunting and fishing and playing sports ever since I was, you know, a kid. Um, I didn't start hunting until I was about eight, but, you know, had a fishing pole in my hand since before I can remember and started playing, you know, organized football when I was uh, about seven, baseball since I was a kid. And it was just my life growing up, you know, really the, the gridiron. I was just an addict to football my whole life, um, you know, played all the way through high school Took it super, super seriously once I got to high school. It was pretty much a year-round thing for me. You know, I was really, like, headstrong on, on getting a scholarship and, and going to play college ball. Um, so, you know, really grew up duck hunting primarily, bird hunting. You know, in California, my my family, like, my uncle's the one who got me into it. And, you know, I started duck hunting with him when I was pretty young, and I was just basically his bird dog. You know, I didn't uh, – I never had a gun in my hand for a while, but – um, got exposed to the outdoors, just camping and stuff too, pretty early on. And it, it's funny, you know, I just always had that duality of, you know, loved, uh, athletics, loved being in sports, loved working out and loved the outdoors. And, um, it just kind of always evolved, you know, hunting was always a part of my life. Uh, sports was always a part of my life, but as I grew older, they just became, you know, I think honestly, 
hunting was always sort of like sort of just a, a way of life. It wasn't like a hobby or anything like that. It was just something I did. Uh, but football and baseball were always like my 365 day a year, like focus and passion. Um, until, you know, until I, I couldn't do that anymore. I, I suffered a number of, uh, shoulder dislocations in, in high school, uh, through playing football. And that pretty much, you know, put an end to my career as, as playing football in college. You know, I definitely had some attention and some goals of where I wanted to play and it just didn't uh, turn out. But, um, you know, I kind of saw that as sort of like, you know, a sign, so to speak, you know, things happen for a reason. So, I, you know, transitioned my focus and stuff to, okay, what's my next, next, like biggest passion in life, which was the outdoors, you know, mm-hmm. just nature, uh, being outside. And so I, I was like, okay, where am I going to college that I can get a degree that focuses the most on keeping me in the outdoors. Um, and that was an environmental studies degree, uh, at Sonoma state. So I went to college there, um, started working for fish and game, uh, like, I don't know, about six months before I graduated, which, you know, for me, it was kind of like the stars aligned. That's, that's kind of what I always wanted to do. It was always what I saw myself doing as, you know, next to like playing sports was, was working, um, with our resources, working with wildlife. And and I managed to get a job with them there. Uh, did that for a few years. And, you know, in that time you sort of became, uh, enveloped in, in big game hunting. You know, I didn't really, see it coming but like through people I met through fish and game and people I worked with you know sort of deer hunting and, and pig hunting and stuff and just seeing more and getting exposed more to what California had to offer and you know what was out there on public lands and um you know just became totally enveloped with it I think growing up duck hunting and pheasant hunting like it's always like a big passion of mine but um when the physicality kind of became a part of it which is obviously much more involved with you know hunting deer or chasing pigs, you know, it's way more of a physical pursuit that I think is what really hooked me into it because, you know, up until that point, I kind of viewed two things, those two things as separate, like hunting's this thing and sports is another thing. And I didn't really like, they didn't collide very often until I started chasing, you know, deer in the mountains and stuff like that. And I realized like, holy shit, this is, this is definitely something that's going to challenge me, you know, physically. So yeah, that's very attractive. I think that's what sucks us all into the big game out west is there's physicality, there's there's kind of a test there what you're made of and you know, at least for me in my experiences, man, there's always like that tipping point in every hunt where you can kind of pack it in, feel sorry for yourself, tell yourself a narrative or you kind of suck it up and don't accept what you're experiencing and you have to do something pretty drastic to change the outcome of this hunt and those are some of the best hunts whether you're successful or not but what you were you were able to not quit and fold and just give it a hell that's that's exciting to hear you say like that physicality part I don't think that gets talked about enough Kevin I mean like it's really cool to have that and most people don't oh yeah no I mean the first hunt that I did the first few like times that I went out with uh guys that I met that worked with the California Deer Association and stuff, they sucked. You know, I got my ass kicked. Like, my, I got blisters. I was, you know, huffing and puffing all the way up the hill. Like, it was an awakening experience. Like, um, you know, you just – you go into things with a mindset and when when your plans don't go as, you know, as you expected them to, it's definitely – it gives you something to stop and reflect on. But 
like you said, you have an opportunity. You either say, okay, well, this isn't for me. I, I'm not cut out for it. Or you realize you've got to step up, you know, to the plate and be, become better and become stronger at the things that you need to, in order to, you know, do, do those things that you want. So I think that was kind of in my nature, you know, growing up playing football, always faced with, you know, and I think spending a lot of time in my life in rehab after surgeries and stuff like that, like, I've always thrived with uh, on adversity, you know, when, when things are challenging me or when things are not easy, that's kind of when I do my best. So I think part of the, you know, big game hunting element, that's what, that's what sort of, I think really hooked me in there was, was that it's not easy, you know, nothing about it's easy. Um, you know, of course you have, you hear stories of, of certain easy outings and things like that, but, uh, it wasn't easy for me, you know, starting out like it isn't for, for a lot of guys. Um, and hunting in California, hunting in A-Zone, public land, you know, what was in my reach with little, uh, you know, people to go follow around, kind of having to figure it out myself. You know, I went my first couple, three years, like, without, you know, ever pulling the trigger, you know, just hunting the hottest time of year, tick-infested, poison oak-covered places yep. uh, with, you know, not crazy good deer numbers in terms of density in some of those places, um, you know, it definitely was like, okay, there's something here that I was more enticed with than than just killing an animal. Because if it was just killing an animal, then I would have quit a long time ago. Um, so, you know, that was what sucked me in. And I, I feel like there was a transition that took place, you know, around that time where I was just way more interested in going out and chasing deer than I was sitting in a duck blind. Um, and I still did that. And I still do when the opportunity presents itself, but it just wasn't as, as consuming for me. Um, and then I think, you know, the next biggest like shift in my life was moving to Arizona. Um, my girlfriend had gotten into veterinary school here and that was really the catalyst that moved us out here. Um, I was, I was working for fish and game and, you know, I was enjoying my job. I was, it was in wildlife management and I was doing some pretty cool work, but I just didn't see as much of my current like self and opportunity for growth in that job as I did in the beginning. And I was really enticed by living somewhere new and just trying a new experience and, uh, Arizona was just, you know, awesome in terms of, I was like, man, it's got everything I would want, you know, love the desert. I love hunting and fishing. It just seemed like a place like cut for me, cut out for me. So I was, you know, we, we moved here, um, hit the ground with getting a job at outdoorsman's. Um, you know, a lot of the uh, viewers or listeners are probably familiar with them, you know, sell packs and tripods and optics. Um, and so that's where I started working. And at the time that was, that was where, uh, that was operating base for wilderness athlete. You know, we shipped all the product, took phone calls and everything out of the same building. So, um, that was really kind of where it started for me. Um, you know, in terms of like getting in the industry and, and immersing myself even more into, you know, what, what we call today as, you know, the hunter athlete realm and just working in this industry. So it's been, uh, definitely like a lot of aligning of the stars for sure. But, you know, I think the other part of it, too, is putting myself in, in the right place, too. Is, so, it's, it's, you know, it's not complete happenstance. It's definitely, you know, putting yourself out there and taking chances, too. No doubt, man. So you find yourself at Outdoorsman. You find yourself in Arizona. I've actually lived in Arizona for only six months, but it was the best six months. I got to skip winter in Spokane and live in um, basically Phoenix, just outside of Scottsdale, uh, worked at, uh, athletes performance there off ASU's campus, uh, as a strength coach internship. 
And that was the best life ever, man. It was awesome. There was recreation in every direction. The weather was f- insane. And looking back, man, I, I really didn't squander a second as far as anytime we were off duty, I was out riding a mountain bike, trail running, hitting up Camelback Mountain. The people, it's a great, oh, it's unreal. So that's cool. I think that uh, working for fishing game is very interesting to me. And the fact that you have probably a different perspective than most, you've seen kind of how agency works, what their objectives are, how they kind of conduct their business, their day to day. I'm sure you've seen some enforcement, you've seen biology. What stood out to you as the most interesting part of working for fishing game? And what was your least favorite part of working for, you know, wildlife? Sure. Um, you know, I think what I was initially drawn to most with working for fishing game was you know, being able to have your hands and being able to work with the the situations, the policy, the management, the actual, the dirt and the animals that, you know, that are, that really shape a lot of like, you know, what, what I was personally interested in. It was just like being able to be the first point of contact that got to make decisions on stuff and actually help with restoration projects and affect conservation policy and, and, being able to actually have your hands in that, be involved in the in the mixing of that kind of stuff, which I think was most interesting. And um, you know, truthfully, one of the, the the things that I loved most about that job was some of the crazy, cool, unique places that I I got to go see. You know, uh, with a uniform on, no mm-hmm. less. It was like, pretty common that I'd be like, man, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this right now. Where I'm at, like these places that I'm seeing and. Um, you know, pretty cool work and, and pretty, uh, hard to find little pockets of, of, you know, it's all public land, but some of it's not, you know, some of the, some of the places that the state owns are, you know, sectioned off as ecological reserves, um, places that are protecting certain things that, um, you know, the public doesn't typically get to see. So, you know, I think that was some of my favorite work. Um, the other work that I did that was super cool was, working uh, with the public a lot. So I did a lot of depredation management, which was working primarily with like vineyard owners, vineyard managers, landowners who had uh, problems with wild pigs, turkeys, or deer, whether it was eating eating their grapes or damaging their grazing pastures, whatever the case may be. Um, I had to work a lot with the landowners to you know, figure out the best management plan and in some cases depredation process for them to get rid of problem animals. Um, so, you know, working with the public was a lot of fun for me. I enjoy working with people and I enjoy kind of navigating certain unique circumstances where it's like, you know, these people love animals and stuff sometimes, but they've also got a, a, a job and a, and a way of life to maintain, which is contingent upon, you know, grape harvest or uh, grazing, you know, like fr- fruitful grazing pastures and such. So, um, you know, that, that kind of contention a lot with the public and wildlife is, is I think, even today, I mean, you, you see it everywhere. It's kind of like the biggest threat that faces a lot of our wildlife is just that interaction between human and human interaction and, and wildlife, wildlife, you know, um, interests. So it's, it's kind of a never ending battle. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but you know, some of the stuff that turned me off to it was just the bureaucratic framework and structure of working in state department. Um, you know, for a while, it was, I think, part of the motivation, which was kind of the mindset I had, which was like, you know, I'm going to change the way things are done from the inside out. You know, I can make a difference. Me and a handful of people I worked with were passionate about 
things for the right reasons. And, you know, and so it was like, you know, I felt like I could make a difference, but, um, you know, at some point you, you start to see things happen and not happen and the way decisions get made and the money gets spent, um, that really becomes a lot of politically motivated stuff and things that don't always seem clear, at least not to a, a new grad out of college. So, um, you know, that was kind of some of the, the, where I felt like my hands were tied. You know, I felt like I didn't really have a whole lot of opportunity to be creative. Um, didn't get to use my education as much as I'd like, or just maybe some of my, my skills as much as I'd like. So, um, you know, and then again, like I said, you know, moving away from the state department wasn't so much of just like not wanting to work for the state of California. It was also about like just wanting to try something new. You know, I was born and raised in Northern California and everything had just kind of been planned out as far as what I wanted to do. And I was, I was successful at making happen. What did I want to happen? But I wanted to try simply someplace new with new people, new setting, new circumstances. So, you know, that was, that was just as big of a reason for me to move on as anything else. Yeah. Well, I think it's great experience and many of us hunters have no idea what it's like on the other side. I think some hunters think it would be the coolest job ever, but I think in all reality, it's a job and that, like any job, there's awesome things and there's some things that are not that awesome. So working for wilderness athlete though, that's pretty cool. You transitioned from outdoorsman, went to maybe we can call it their sister company, wilderness athlete. Yeah, in the beginning, it really was. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the transition was sort of unique. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I was at Outdoorsman's for, for close to a year, not not quite a year. Um, and, you know, ownership of Wilderness Athlete at the time decided, okay, we're going to move Wilderness Athlete out into its own facility with its own team because, you know, this thing has started to grow to the point where it deserves that and needs that to truly reach its full potential. So um, I went with it. You know, given the opportunity, I went with it, and that was – you know, the best decision I, I feel like I've ever made. And, um, you know, it was in the beginning, it was just myself. I was employee number one and, and Courtney was my boss and, uh, we kind of just started it from the ground up, um, you know, shipping and receiving and customer service and marketing and all of that. Um, you know, not to say that there wasn't other people involved in helping and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, in terms of the, the physical bodies in, in the office, it was, it was a skeleton crew, um, compared to now what we have certainly at our office. So, um, yeah, man, it was, is really like just a dream come true for me, a kid who grew up, you know, extremely passionate about, you know, fitness and uh, sports and athletics and, and health. And then also equally as passionate about, you know, hunting in the outdoors. It was like, it was like, I didn't even realize something like this existed <laughs> long before I found it, you know? So it was, uh, you know, to, to say I felt lucky and I feel lucky still is an understatement. Yeah, l let's get into Wilderness Athlete a little bit. So I was one of the fortunate few to kind of get introduced to Mark Paulson, Chris Denham, when they kind of first came this, brought this thing to the market, the hunting space. And this was, I, I don't even know the dates. I want to say somewhere around 2006 or seven. It could be around then. And then I just remember really being excited because Mark Paulson was at the time a strength and conditioning coach there in New Mexico at the collegiate level. Uh, he's a monster of a man, by the way. He was very articulate, extremely educated, and full of passion for helping people. Uh, and then obviously Chris Denham is 
truly one of the most, I would say, genuine people I've ever met. You know, he's never had an agenda. He's just super down to earth, great guy. And was able to work with them for several years. And then at some point in the last, I don't know, three or four years, I say I would kind of got seduced away from wilderness athlete at the time for a few reasons, but primarily just it wasn't, it didn't make sense or it wasn't the right fit. I went to an, another brand and just recently figured out that the best fit for Elk Shape was going to be with a company like Wilderness Athlete for the long term, not for the interim, but for the long term, low trajectory for the long haul. And that's cool because having that prior history and then just coming back and seeing the evolution, my God, you guys have changed considerably as far as not only how many products you offer, but just from a branding standpoint. So let's let's circle that wagon. Let's do that. Let's talk about the brand Wilderness Athlete. And this is not an infomercial, folks. We're talking about a company, their mission, their brand. Like, what are you guys all about? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. Um, you know, what we're about is is our customer, is, is how we can improve uh, the lives of our customers. And we've, I mean, got a little saying in the office is like, what's our mission? And I think having everybody in the company uh, be able to say that it was is super important for us. So, you know, it's to improve the lives of our customers every every damn day. And I think, you know, Wilderness Athletes uniquely positioned to do that and improving the lives of, of, of our customer Every damn day is, is specific because it's not just during hunting season. It's not just, you know, improving your mile time or improving your ability to climb up a mountain or anything like that. I mean, those things are also a part of what we like to do. But, you know, your health, your nutrition, your, your fitness level, you know, all of that uh, percolates into every area of your life. You know, your relationship with your family, your successful, your successes in, in finance, all of that stuff really stems from your health as a person. So, you know, that's really our mission. And I know it's a big one and it's, an, it's a, it's a, it's a big goal, but uh, being able to keep that mission in front of us, which is to improve the lives of, of, um, you know, our customers helps us remember what we're doing on a daily basis. And it helps us keep things in the right frame of reference. You know, when we have to make decisions on certain projects or certain things to do, it's easy to just cross-check it with how does this help our customer? How does how does this improve the experience and the life of our customer? Mm. Um, if you know if you can't, then it's probably not worth our time or our money. Um, so you know and that was part of what really drove us to want to work with you, Dan, in Elk Shape um, because I, I see there's a very similar mission in that you know you're you're helping, uh, like you said, do do it yourself, public land elk hunters. Um, you're not just talking about how to become an effective archer. You're not just talking about how to become effective, uh, you know, athlete and, and folks in nutrition, but you're, you know, you're really hearkening on like all of the things that elk hunters need to increase, you know, their knowledge base and their skill set to be successful in the woods. And that trickles into all areas of their life. You know, the discipline that you learn when it comes to preparing for a hunt and making sure you, you've done the right research and preparing your mind and body and diet for, you know, the whole year prior to this, all of that kind of builds and, and trickles into, you know, the type of the people that, that we like to associate with, with, you know, which is just good, healthy, well-intentioned, uh, people, you know, people who are kind and, and smart and caring. Um, so it's way bigger than just a hunting company. You know, it's way bigger than someone who's just trying to, 
sell you a supplement that's going to help you on the mountain. You know, I mean, that's it's kind of like you ask any hunter out there in the world, like what's hunting to you? And it's such a hard question to answer because for so few people, is it just like, oh, hunting is just walking out in the woods and finding an animal that I can put a tag on, you know? Um, that's such a surface level, like idea or explanation to it. Just the same as like being fit on the mountain is just very, like a very minimal part of the whole thing for, for wilderness athlete. But, um, I know that probably gets away from your question a little bit, but you know, I think as we grow, as wilderness athlete grows, you know, our mission and our, our, uh, our mission just grows and it, it, the scope of it grows. Um, you know, we have goals and talk about things pretty frequently about how to abolish obesity. You know, we look at some of the biggest issues in our world when it comes to what, what we're facing in, in, on a daily basis, um, in being a fit, healthy, you know, potent society, um, obesity is everywhere and we're constantly struggling with ways to, you know, overcome that. So, you know, it's, it's a big mission and there's a lot of things that we're trying to do, but it always boils down to just doing what we can to improve the lives of our customers, which is really the, the crux of it. I like it. I think that wilderness athlete, it's a solid brand. I think it's the things that I guess I appreciate the most about your brand. And it doesn't really matter what I think, but I think a lot of guys would agree. A lot of folks, guys and girls would say, you know, the brand itself doesn't come across as elitist or exclusive. It comes across as inclusive as in, Hey, we have a mission. We want to just be part of your journey towards a better best self and whatever that means for people. And obviously that collides with elk shape where we're like recognizing that elk hunting is a gift and that it should not be taken for granted and you can leverage it to create amazing things for your life outside of hunting and hunting for you, probably for me and most of our peers it's a part of who we are. It's not a something that we do, but it's more than that. It's a part of who we are. And uh, this weekend was no different. We had those 20-plus athletes come into Elk Shape Camp 3.0, and these bonds, these friendships are forged immediately. Complete strangers turn into trustworthy peers because they have this fundamental understanding of each other because we do seek adventure and we do seek wild, organic perfect purest protein sources wild spaces and we all recognize that this is pretty special we kind of have our why and that's really cool i think most people don't have a why i would say majority do not know why they do the things they do so with that being said and, and your guys's brand what's next for you guys as far as okay you have your line of supplements you have some companies you work with and some sponsorships and things like that. But like where does wilderness athletes see itself in the coming years as far as a brand and helping hunters, non hunters, what is that going to look like? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess in a roundabout way to kind of go back to something you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, being, being accessible. Um, you know, I had a conversation with someone recently at a trade show about this and it's kind of the juxtaposition between being elite you know we we do formulate we feel the, the most elite supplements you're going to find out there i'll compare our label and our products 
toe to toe with anything else out there that you're going to you're going to find. But the, the other trick to it is, you know, we don't want to be elitists. We're not elitists. You know, we are formulating elite products, but for everybody to to access, you know, there's there's not a single person out there in a physical shape or a health condition that we don't feel we can help or that we're not for. Um, so, you know, the fact that you recognize that we're, you know, uh, real people, uh, trying to start a conversation with, with real people and fellow peers in the hunting industry is, is exactly what we're, we're after. Um, you know, I think the, the five-year goal or the 10-year goal, the 20-year goal is to expand upon that. Um, you know, we're, like I said, like one of the things that we, get uh, the most enjoyment out of and that gets us really fired up as a team is to truly feel like we're impacting the lives of the people that we speak to on a daily basis, whether it's through Instagram or emails or phone calls or, you know, especially like one-on-one discussions, and interactions we have at trade shows. Um, you know, that's why we do it. And I think that what we're starting to, you know, gain momentum with now is just how, you know, what are the things that we're going to put in place that are going to allow us to continue to have those conversations with people and make a meaningful impact in people's lives on a larger basis. Um, you know, even if it means at the, at the cost of never becoming like a household brand name, if that means that we're affecting and improving the lives of people at a, at a more, you know, legitimate level, then, then that sounds better to us. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we'd rather have a more meaningful impact in someone's lives than, than just being the brand that everybody knows, you know, and that to us that, that, that carries more weight. Um, so, you know, we take it, you know, very seriously the way we, you know, build our company and we set our goals and we set our goals very, we have lofty goals all the time. (laughs) You know, a lot of times, sometimes it makes you scratch our head, but you know, if you're not, if you're not struggling and if you're not challenged, then, you know, you're not really, you're not really going to see what you're truly capable of. So, you know, I think what the 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 next mission, the next goal for us is to bring more people into, not to sound corny, but the wilderness athlete family in a sense, uh, to bring more people into our our conversation in terms of tell us how we can help you. You know, how can what products can we formulate? What services can we offer that will increase you? That that'll improve the way you feel in the mountain, the confidence you feel heading into a hunting season or the way you feel on a daily basis when you have to juggle work, kids, family, and and trying to, you know, stay in shape, you know? So there's a lot of things that we, we know, and from doing this for a long time, nutritionally and what routines and what structure works for people. But, you know, at the same time, we do really always encourage and, and hope that we get some good engagement and ask for engagement from our from our customers just to tell us what they need. And that's, I think, what separates us from, you know, a lot of companies out there in the nutrition world is, you know, being the size we are and having the the minds that we do, we're flexible and we're reactive and we're creative. So, you know, there's a ton of companies out there that, you know, they're good companies, they make okay products and stuff, but they've, they've expanded and they've gotten so big that they're not mobile. They're not they can't adjust. You know, if, if there's an ingredient or, or some feedback they're getting, it takes a long time for them to, you know, see the shockwave of change actually, you know, end up at the customer. Um, for us, you know, we, we, we try to be as responsive and open-minded and flexible as we can to our customers' needs and, and wants. But, um, you know, we've got a lot of things, you know, in our corner that, 
that really help us, you know, in terms of like the, the minds that like our formulator is, is a genius. We've got some brilliant people behind the scenes on our research board that, um, you know, help us see some things that we don't always see. You know, I'm primarily in marketing and, and, and communication. So my head's not always buried in like the current status of certain research that's being done when it comes to, let's say, vitamin C amounts or vitamin D amounts or things like that. But uh, we definitely have people who are, and we rely on them for sure, of course, to, to always bring, you know, the best products to the to the market. Well, I, I love it, man. Kevin, so I have an advantage today talking to you, being that I just got done with the camp number three. We got several to go. I'm very fresh on, okay, 20 folks in front of me digging in on everything from their shot execution, a controlled, determined, closed-loop shot process archery tuning, gear, elk calling, backcountry nutrition, blah, blah, blah. We covered all our camps. But I'm fresh off hearing people's questions, so I feel like I'm I'm set up to kind of help us move this conversation into, okay, I'm gonna our listeners are gonna get something out of this big time. So let's just get right into it. So the number one thing that I've I I think I saw at camp is like majority of the campers could afford to lose a few pounds. There wasn't anybody extremely obese or overweight, but there were some soft guys and we had a wide range. I mean, we had our youngest athlete was 18 and our oldest guy ever to do elk shape camp was like in his seventies. So we see it all. But, um, for those that are just like, okay, I'm not recovering fast enough. I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm stressed out. I'm worried about bills. I'm worried about all the things, life, my nutrition's total dog shit. What do I do first? We start with hydration and we talk to the folks about literally hitting a hundred plus fluid ounces of water slash cutting out anything beverage wise that has calories for performance or general health. And what we brought with the product that I brought up to them was adding basic hydrate and recover to your Nalgene to encourage hydration. So let's break down hydrate recover, what it is and what it will do for you. Yeah. Yeah. So hydrate and recover is, is really the cornerstone, one of the cornerstone products we have at Wilderness Athlete. And simply because there has not been, and we, we look, we scour the market all the time for other products that compare or, you know, compete and they're just not out there. And the reason why is, uh, our formula is pretty dynamic. It's not just your average, electrolyte replacement uh, formula and it's not just your average you know vitamin C boost um, so it's got a lot of things it's got the right electrolytes you need um, it's got some pretty unique herbs uh, some botanical ex- uh, extracts that really help your body manage stress and adjust to stress um, and then it's got some amino acid components which help stimulate some tissue and, and muscle recovery so you know as athletes, we are incredibly, you know, we ask a lot of our bodies. And so if we're depleting ourselves of electrolytes and we're dumping all of our fluids, chances are we're stressing out our muscles and tissues quite a bit to do that. So um, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to not only replace the electrolytes your body needs in the right amount um, and then also address some of the, you know, tissue uh, repair that we can with amino acids. The other component to it, which is probably most critical um, is the amount of sugar that we don't include. So we only have five grams of sugar per serving. 
And in general, across all of our products, we're, we're as low sugar as, you, as we feel like we can be responsibly, you know, without delivering a product that just tastes like ass. <laughs> so, you know, sugar is kind of a fine line. I mean, there are some strengths to it. You do need uh, that quick uh, glycogen replenishment in, cer- in certain circumstances. And let's face it, sugar does help things taste better. So there's a bit of that component, like you said, to encourage hydration but then not overdoing it to the point where you're, you know, in- increasing your you know, inflammatory response or you're, you're, you know, blunting your, um, your insulin response and things of that nature. So there's so many issues with the sugar in our diet on a constant basis all around us that your hydration drink and your sports nutrition should not be one of those pitfalls for you. Um, so hydrate recover, it's really what most people I mean, even our people who, even people who use a, another company for everything in the world, will still find our hydrate and recover to be, you know, the drink that they can't live without. And I say all the time, like if there was one product in our entire lineup that I could have for the rest of my life and only one, uh, or go into the mountains with only one, it would absolutely be hydrate and recover. Um, you know, there's so many things that your body needs on a cellular level um, and every other way that that is that hinges on your hydration. So. Um, you know, particularly one of the things that I, I find like most unique about Hydrate Recover and and several of other products is, you know, things like rhodiola extract in there, Shasandra extract in there, those botanical extracts, which, you know, to, to people who are into, you know, bro science and like backyard type nutrition, those names don't really mean a whole lot. But when you start to look at the actual benefits of those ingredients and some of those botanicals, they're, they're pretty impressive in what they provide your body from an antioxidant standpoint, um, especially when it comes to environmental stress. Like when you're hunting in high elevation or you're hunting in, in you know, hot environments, um, your body, you know, our bodies are pretty incredible when it comes to our ability to adapt. But there are some things we can give it to help it adapt quicker and help it mitigate that, that mental stress and physical stress even better. So uh, th- those are some pretty powerful ingredients. Um, but yeah, overall, man, hydrogen recover is just, it's, it's the lifeblood of so many things I do. Like when we do the grand Canyon rim, rim, rim every year, um, I, th- I would not be able to do that thing if it weren't for hydrogen recover flat out. Definitely. I-, I think you're, I mean, you nailed it. So we, we just covered the cornerstone product, the WA, the one that I missed the most when I was without you guys in my life. That has always gone into a Nalgene or a bladder while hunting, and it will continue to. You guys have those little portable packets for hunting, or you can get a tub for. But, man, bottom line is this will bolster your hydration levels, your recovery levels, and you'll drink more fluids that are not high in sugar. The next thing we talked about on our nutrition part of our camp was in our camps, not just lecture based, Kevin, we really like actually break into small groups after each part and have the campers come up with solutions to these problems. The I always start off camp by talking about supplements and that my favorite supplement is elk meat and vegetables. And everyone's always like, Oh, yeah, yeah, but I'm serious. And so we challenged every camp for once camp gets over to set aside two weeks to make the next two weeks, so starting today for the campers that just graduated, they are challenged to have vegetables at every food encounter. That means even breakfast, even snacks, to have a vegetable available so that you can 
do that throughout the day. And, and the whole goal was at the end of two weeks for them to basically eat the most vegetables they've ever had in two weeks and see what the, you know, if there is an inflammation differential, if there is some sort of anecdotal, like, oh my gosh, I feel better. I recover faster. And so we broke up into groups and started talking about quick ideas for breakfast that include vegetables, a little bit like 15 minute food options, and then like actual meal prep options for breakfast. And we did that for every part of the day. And it was awesome. But one thing that came up, I thought was a great idea was like for your fast option in the morning, we talked about cracking an egg and basically having a piece of fruit. And then for your veggies, we were going to count green infusion from wilderness athlete or a greens drink that you can slam and count that as an actual encounter with vegetables. So for those listening, the challenge is to you guys as well, take two weeks out of your life and try to have vegetables, good vegetables, a variety of vegetables at every food encounter to, cause we, we really do promote largely a plant-based diet backfield with tons of wild game. What's your take on green, green infusion and this call to action? I think that's spot on. Um, you know, primarily because I mean, even just from like a daily perspective, it's so hard for us to get the, you know, what is it recommended? Six servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I recommend 12, 16, 20. I recommend as many as possible. Yeah, you should always have something in your hand, according to you, for sure. Um, and absolutely, like there's so many benefits to it, but it's, you know, so hard practically for a lot of people in their daily lives, you know, financially time and energy just to always make sure you have enough of those th things in your house, whether you're preparing them. So green infusion, you know, really is a great um, supplement to that because you're still going to get the phytonutrients that you would be getting from those fruits and vegetables and a whole lot more. I mean, there is product, there are some probiotics in there as well and some other herbals in there as well, which play a really good benefit to metabolism. Um, but I mean, a hundred percent agree. Like if you're, if you're pressed for time, um, you know, that, that is the most potent scoop you're going to, you're going to be able to get. Um, and when it comes to like the backcountry diet, I've been doing it for quite some time and I, and I tell people to do it. I don't know how often people listen to me, but you know how it is, you know, when you're on the mm -hmm. mountain, you're dehydrated meals, you're eating bars, you're eating, you're eating trail uh, mix, jerky. Yeah. You know, where's the, where's the fresh fruits and veggies in that diet? And they're typically pretty void. So I will often bring, uh, you know, a scoop of meal replacement and a scoop of green infusion for like every day. So, you know, and that does help me honestly on like a daily level. Just stay regular and you know I think it's something we don't talk about enough as a hunting community is like how to stay regular because after a handful of days of eating the same processed crap you know you just don't really feel like yourself um, and so it does help keep your you know fill in those gaps that you have nutritionally from eating this really you know utilitarian diet for living on a mountain lightweight um, so green infusion could be super instrumental in, in that context but even on a daily level um, you know, the convenience and knowing that you're still getting those, you know, um, you're still getting those phytonutrients, you know, there, there are still, of course, things that, that eating a, a whole carrot and some actual veggies and, and, and fruit are going to give you that you're not going to get from this. I mean, there's a lot of things like fiber and stuff. You're not going to get the same quantity of, um, but you know, if, if you're going to give me the option between a guy who's just going to not, who's going to avoid or having green infusion, you take the guy who's eating green infusion and he's going to look like a totally different person just from a metabolism standpoint, energy standpoint, 
uh, an immune system strength standpoint, you know, all those benefits that, that help, help you from, from a well-rounded, you know, vegetable diet as well. Yeah. I think that, uh, you brought up a huge point. So first and foremost, daily use would be to me really appropriate, especially for every day in the morning, take it with your other stuff and, and your coffee and get, just start the day rich in phytonutrients, the end, but more importantly for hunting, you could be talking about, and this is my personal anecdotal opinion, day nine or day 10 of a 10 day hunt where you may be succumb to fatigue, making you a coward, not chasing that bugle in that deep, dark canyon. You've already spent most of your energy. You have been eating the same processed crap because it's lightweight and weight does matter. And if you just started to backfill your lousy backcountry nutrition with more like dehydrated fruit, fresh fruits and vegetables from home, couple that with some green infusion, I think that could be a game changer on day nine or 10 when those are the most important days of any hunt in my, in my history of hunting. I've killed way more animals in the back end than the front end. And I think the biggest takeaway for Elk Shape Podcast is we want you to be able to hunt hard or harder on the last day than you did the first day when you were super fresh and this was all exciting and all the anticipation. You know what I mean? 100%. I mean, that's uh, Mark Paulson. He's got so many Mark Paulsonisms, we call it. But I mean, that's something he's always preached for a long time and the importance. And because when he started doing this, a lot of people, it's not so much of a question today, but a lot of people used to ask, well, you know, what are you talking about fitness and hunting? Like, what do those have to do with each other? Or why are we talking about, you know, nutrition and athleticism and hunting? You know, those two are mutually exclusive for a lot of people they used to be. But, you know, it boils down to, especially for like your listeners, guys who are pretty hardcore and they're going to, you know, do those extended day hunts. It's easy to be excited and it's easy to be energetic and it's easy to give it your all on day, you know, two, three, and four, you know, the high of the hunt and everything you're doing is still very much alive at that point in time. But, you know, really where a lot of the separation starts to happen between the person who has taken their health and fitness seriously and the people who, who don't, that's when it starts to become apparent on day five, six, and seven. In nine and ten, it becomes even more of a big deal when, you know, now the initial shock of it's all kind of gone away. The reality sets in, struggle sets in, you know, you're starting to miss home, you're starting to get frustrated with things, your diet's not the way it used to be. Um, you know, that's where, you know, we can, you kind of separate the men from the boys, so to speak. But that's that's kind of what a lot of this is about, too, for us as a company is, you know, really – not not just making you prepare for that first few days, but making you hard to kill on that last that last few days of the hunt. Definitely. So in camp, we do uh, in the winter time we do an indoor challenge. Um, we've done them outside. We even brought train to hunt in before to actually do like a private train to hunt course at our camp, uh, which is really cool. But so now this time of year we'll do indoor type things, and there's several different people doing that, which is cool. But what we had in our indoor challenge was a 50-pound sandbag. It was 10 ground, uh, ground to overhead with a 50-pound sandbag. Then you had to take a 20-yard kneeling shot. This is all – these are three arrows, so it's a Vegas face. If you don't know Vegas shoot, it's, it's the most exciting indoor shoot. And it's coming up, by the way. Uh, 
and it's 10x is the very small, small middle. Anything outside of that little cir circle is 10, and then it goes to 9, then 8, then 7, then 6. And we created a scoring system, so you actually will have a lot of time taken off your total time if you hit the 10x. And then if you even if you don't hit any of the numbers, you actually add a whole minute to your time. So there's some penalty, but we're trying to create a stressful environment where you're shooting under duress. And we, we do this right after Joel Turner works with these guys on having a controlled shot process, a closed loop, being in control and in command of your shot execution as far as making a decision, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so they do 10 ground to overhead with a 50-pound sandbag, take a kneeling shot at 20. Then they do 10 burpees over the sandbag, take a shot however they want. And then they do five sandbag get-ups, which is basically laying flat on your back with 50 pounds on your chest and stand all the way up five times. And this is the last shot. Once they complete that, they pull their bow back and they have to hold it while they're tired, while they're stressed for 30 seconds. And then we tell them, okay, you're good to shoot. And we don't want them to just snap and punch the trigger. We want them to go into their shot sequence after that. And I'm here to tell you, man, there was some really good times and there were some really terrible times but people were exposed to the benefit of shooting under duress of having their peers watch and trying to harness what could be perceived as a stressful situation i.e bull walking into your lap at 20 yards and people just black out we're actually trying to get folks excited and about the opportunity to have pressure and know that they will do their best in those scenarios so that was a long introduction to that part of our camp but what we did is we had first and second receive prizes from you guys and so they each got brute force pre and post workout and so those guys neither one of them had tried it I'm very excited I really like both those products my favorite pre-workout is a cup of coffee but I have definitely taken brute force quite a bit can you go through those products their benefits and when to take them and, and how to take them for best performance yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, I think most guys are familiar with pre-workouts and post-workouts. Um, I mean, at least your listener base, they're, they're no stranger to, you know, general sports, uh, nutrition supplements and neither, neither were we, I mean, when we, when we formulated brute force and brute strength, our, our pre and post combination, it was really, it was a little long overdue, you know, because a lot of us were just, you know, avid gym rat type dudes and, we were like, man, we just, you know, we, we'd always use a Superman for our pre-workout or our ultimate pre-workout, which is a pill form, non-caffeinated, um, has a lot of the same elements as, as brute force, but but void of others. But um, so brute force, you know, the pre-workout, one of our main goals with it was, you know, we didn't want to make a pre-workout that was one of those just, you know, high octane, skin crawling, hair on fire. Uh, drinks that you couldn't, you know, really drink day in and day out. Um, we really wanted to find that happy medium between, you know, the formula that was going to give you the right physical support, you know, the right uh, vasodilation and increased uh, blood transport and oxygen transport, but not to the level where, you know, it was, you know, threatening you in any sense or just making you feel kind of fried out after a week of using it. Um, we know a lot of our guys, you know, we're, we're obviously hunters. So, vast majority of our uh, customers are using our products in the field or on, on the mountain. So, you know, we knew this is a pre-workout that a lot of guys are going to probably take a serving of right before they pack in or pack out. Um, 
and you know, you've been there. I don't want to feel, I mean, I want to feel ready. I want to feel amped. I want to feel strong. I don't want to feel like my heart's beating through my chest when I'm just sitting there, you know, and there's been a lot of pre-workouts in the past that we've used and tested that, you know, give you way too much caffeine, uh, way too many other synthetic stimulants, um, an overabundance of, let's say like arginine, um, and not really using any other effective amino acids to, you know, support, you know, muscle endurance and, and blood transport. So we use some pretty unique ingredients, just like with our ultimate pre-workout, we use uh, Mumio or also known as Shilajit, which is a, um, it's an adaptogenic herb, which I know is a broad term, but it's a pretty, um, it's got a lot, a lot of history. So it's actually a resin that you'll find in Eastern Europe. It's really, really hard to find. And, and through our sources, through our formulators, we've got a very um, rare and very high quality source of it. And it's hard to, to find it, but it does, it's very high in fulvic acid. Um, it's been used for years and years and years. I mean, like, look up the history of Shilajit if you're curious to know more about it or Mumio. Um, and it does have a lot of benefits towards your anabolic performance. A lot of strength performance, a lot of like muscle energetics that it delivers naturally. Um, you know, so we use natural caffeine as well. So natural caffeine is typically metabolized, uh, slower or more steadily through the body. Um, we use a pretty good balance of, of, uh, arginine and citrulline malate. So, you know, both of those lead to vasodilation, which, you know, help your rate of oxygen and blood transport, but they do it at a bit different rate. So this way you have more sustained, you know, pump is what people are going to be familiar with. That's kind of the byproduct of that. Um, but we have some other, you know, really important ingredients in there that, you know, are, you know, generally, I mean, they're kind of a must when it comes to muscle performance, like our, our branched chain amino acid boost in there. Um, we also use rhodiola extract in there as well. So, um, you know, our pre-workout was just, it was a great, it was a really well-rounded and it still is. I mean, I use it damn near every day. Um, like I said, I used to just use our Superman, which was great. But, you know, this does add a little bit extra oomph. I mean, you just don't feel like you get fatigue setting in as quick. You do feel like you have a little bit more energetics in terms of your strength, you know, like on that ninth, 10th and 12th rep, um, you know, but you're not going to feel like at the end of the day, you're just you fried yourself out. So, um, yeah, brute force. The, that, that was, you know, definitely one of our biggest products we've released over the years. Um, and then brute strength, the recovery shake, the protein shake to complement that is, you know, still to this day, I mean, I think it's one of the best recovery shakes you'll, you'll find. And not, not just from like, you know, not obviously I'm biased, of course, but um, we add so many good vitamins and micronutrients in there um, to capitalize on that state of, of vulnerability that you have when, you're, when your muscles are soaking up. And your body's soaking up, you know, everything you give it when you've kind of depleted um, your glycogen. You've depleted a lot of things that your body used to give give your all um, in your training session. You know, let's capitalize on that time to give it a good load of vitamin E, well, you know, vitamin D and C. Um, the other thing that's really unique about this product, which a lot of other recovery shakes have not been using, is, you know, effective anti-inflammatories. So, you know, it's common to see branched chain amino acids, a little bit of creatine, you know, enough protein to make a dent. And we use that, but we also use some really effective um, anti-inflammatories, which help with just that rapid recovery and just feeling, you know, human, feeling strong, reducing the joint inflammation and, and joint soreness that you 
you typically experience. I mean, obviously, if you're training hard enough, that's still going to be there. You know, you're still going to feel sore. But um, I find that my bounce back is is way quicker after you know taking this and that in that really prime thirty to sixty minutes after your workout. Um, but yeah, you know that's that's one of the other separators again with both products to you know low sugar as can be. You know, in terms of like brute strength, it's only six grams per serving. And in some shakes, you know, you'll see 15 to 20 grams per serving of sugar. You know, it's just not something you need or going to benefit from. Yeah, I would say that if there's any chance to improve recovery, even if it's in like under 10%, but it's going to move the needle, sign me up. And I do want to add, if you are doing a post-workout, I'm in the old school belief of within 20 minutes, that's your window right after you're done. And then about an hour later, I'd like to see you sit down with a rainbow of vegetables and some lean wild game and follow that up with a good like a, like a meal. Um, there's one last product, and I know it, we, we're talking a lot about products, but I wanted to make this all kind of have you know, some depth and breadth behind it, like some substance. So there's a product that you sent me that I am trying, and I did not do a lot of due diligence. It's called Midnight Build. And I, my understanding is that this is a product designed to aid, again, in recovery and performance while you are sleeping. So I've only been on it for a week, so I cannot say this, that, the other about it. But I do find it interesting. What am I taking? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're So again, like you said, it, it is aiding in your recovery process. So you know, you're going to take Midnight Build right before bed. Um, you know, depending on your body size, you're going to take two or three pills. Most of our listeners are going to be taking three. Um, really, the, the goal is to really improve and capitalize on a lot of the, uh, the circadian benefits and a lot of the restorative benefits that happen in your sleep and maximizing those. Um, so, you know, specifically, some of the key ingredients that we add that really distinguish this product from, from others, uh, like fenugreek extract. Fenugreek um, has been used for a long time to naturally improve and normalize your um, testosterone production. And I had a number of conversations with guys at Sheep Show uh, a couple weeks ago about this. And, you know, and they're asking me, older gentlemen are asking me about, you know, the drawbacks to giving yourself testosterone. And that's not what this does. I mean, it's not, it's not synthetic testosterone or anything like that. It just normalizes and improves your testosterone production ability. Um, testosterone obviously is our key sex hormone, you know, everyone's pretty familiar with it in regards to that. So there is definitely some, some sexual health benefits to it, but you know, moreover than that, um, it improves bone density it improves muscle density and repair. Um, it improves a lot of things when it comes to our energy. So, you know, from a physical standpoint, from like a performance standpoint, it, you know, increasing your testosterone production and normalizing that and improving it to the best that it could be. Um, naturally is really, it's going to leak into all areas of your health and your overall performance and strength. Um, the other really unique thing that we, we add to it. So we use arginine in here as well. It is a different form of arginine than what we use in like our pre-workout. It's arginine pyroglutamate and we use an amino acid called ornithine. And a lot of research has shown, um, that combination, those two, those two amino acids together are really effective at permeating your, your blood-brain barrier. So um, when it comes to your adrenal glands and the production of certain hormones and you know growth hormone and things of that nature, you know, you're able to actually get a lot more benefit when you effectively permeate that blood-brain barrier and get those things to happen at a much more 
you know, natural, normal rate. Um, you know, this isn't like a sleep aid. You're not going to feel groggy or tired or anything like that. Uh, I do personally notice, and I know we, you know, we get from different feedback from different people. I personally do notice that I get, I sleep way harder. Like I sleep really freaking deep. A lot of times where it, it almost feels, it's a little bit harder to wake up sometimes, but you you feel freaking ready to rock and roll and you know, in the morning. Um, you know, things like magnesium are also super helpful there from from like a muscle relaxing standpoint. So it helps you get good restorative sleep when it comes to, you know, just easing and calming your muscles down so they can, you know, receive the blood circulation and nutrient transport that you're giving it. Um, so yeah, in general, it's just another, um, force behind, you know, improving your recovery process. And, you know, one thing that a lot of sports, um, medicine people and, and sports therapists have noticed over the years is recovery is like the most, ignored and overlooked aspect of our training and our performance. I mean, so many people, so many companies focus primarily on giving you the energy, giving you the amp to go work out today at 125%. And they forget the other, probably the more important component, which is how, how quickly are we going to recover and, and repair from all the damage that we've caused during that training that really, you know, that's where we, that's where we build the strength. That's where we build the gains is in the recovery. So um, you know, that's really what this one's about is just increasing your ability to grow, repair and, and, and keep going the next day. Mm, uh, cool. Well, let's do this, finish this podcast, Kevin, with some words of wisdom, some inspiration, some takeaways, because this time of year, it's still kind of at the forefront after the new year, you know, you got some attitudes, new year, new me, but you got nothing holding that idea up, right? It's just kind of, uh, can fall on deaf ears. So what are some small action items that you would encourage our listeners to do as it pertains to year-round preparation for elk hunting that is what this podcast is all about yeah yeah i think um man there's so many things i mean if anyone's paid attention to our email campaigns lately that's what we've been focusing on um you know personally something that i think has always worked for me is is to make a commitment and i know it sounds a bit like big but you know, making a commitment, whether it's, you know, financial commitment is, is what works for me pretty well, because once I've spent my money on something, I'm going to get my money out of it. You know, I'm not going to just squander it and let it go to waste. Um, so, you know, being the time of year that it is, there's a lot of people that are setting resolution goals, um, all sorts of things like that, which are all good. Um, but I think the the something to keep in mind is, What's going to make you committed to this? Like what keep, keep that to be, you know, keep that in focus, which is, yeah, my, my goal next year is I want to actually kill a bull in September. Um, so what's going to help me get there? You know, if it's last year, my biggest struggle was being in shape to hack it for seven days. Um, then what, then what am I going to do today to get in shape and what's, what am I going to commit to, you know, how am I going to commit to that, that goal? Um, so really find, find what really, you know, helps you commit, uh, financial commitment or finding a workout pal who's going to help, you know, you know, maintain your accountability to, to keep you committed. Um, but like I said, I mean, when it comes down to it, there's no pretty way to say it. Sometimes money and hitting you in your wallet is the best way to, to, to really commit you to something. And whether it's a piece of workout equipment, like building a little home gym or, you know, investing in some sort of workout program or supplement program or something, 
you know, something that you're going to, you've bought, you've bought in and, and that's, and that's what you're going to do. And you're going to see it through is so crucial because every year we see people make, you know, lofty goals and they have some half-hearted commitment and it's really easy to depart from that commitment if there wasn't really anything substantial there to begin with. So, um, you know, that, that would definitely, that would definitely be one. Um, you know, the other thing too, and you kind of hit on it earlier, and this has always been helpful for me is asking yourself the why, you know, which is like the three whys. So, you know, not just, not just asking yourself, okay, well, why do I want to go hunt elk? Okay. Once you kind of answer that question, ask yourself why again, you know, why do I want to kill an elk? Well, why do I want to do that? Why do I want to do that? And you keep asking yourself why enough times you'll get down to the heart of why you want that thing and why you want that accomplishment. And typically that is a much more meaningful and committal reason than, well, I want to fill a tag because I've been hunting for five years and I've never filled my tag and I feel kind of shitty about it. You know, if you ask yourself why enough times, you know, you'll find that the reason which could be, you know, I want my son to look up to me as someone who didn't give up after a few years. That's much easier to give up, much harder to give up on than, you know, I just, I want to fill a tag, you know, or if it's like, I want to be a better wife, uh, I want to be a better husband, or I want to be a better wife, I want to be a better better parent, you know, those are the more lasting, I think, reasons that we have for doing some of the things we do, um, that if you keep asking yourself the hard questions, because it's not always easy, but you keep asking yourself the hard questions, uh, it's easier to stick to those. Well, for those listening, I hope that you hit pause very soon. If you haven't done already and really reflect on what he just said there, that is the most important takeaway of this podcast today was asking why enough times until you literally distill it down to what it is you're after and what's it doing for you. Ultimately, we do the same thing in fitness as a strength and coach, strength and condition coach for so many years. It was always asking that question enough times till we figured out that, hey, I play this sport because it makes me feel good about myself. Now, it took 17 whys to get to that, but you, every answer is a little different. But ultimately, for, for most folks, you know, there's a lot of benefits of having a freezer full of good organic meat. Yes, you can go buy some at the store, but ultimately, the adventure and how it makes you feel about yourself and how you feel alive is a lot of reasons why people elk hunt, and they don't even recognize all the positive attributes that come from shooting your bow regularly and waking up early and training with that partner that you just mentioned earlier and meeting at a mutual time and not giving in to the seduction of the low road, the warm, comfortable bed or sleeping bag, you know what I mean? And really pushing towards a why when you understand that there's a lot more on, on the table. And so I love that man. Um, one thing I wanted to tell you was just thank you and Wilderness Athlete for supporting Elk Shape Camps. We were able to not only get Hydrate, Recover, and Alert in the hands of every athlete every day of the camp, so they got exposed to it, but we were able to reward some performances with some of your products. And without your guys' support, it's really hard to do these camps. We travel great distances. We book airfare. We book hotels. We pay our subject matter experts. And this is just a big, fun, exciting rewarding endeavor and we can't really do it without help from companies like yourself so i just wanted to say thank you publicly appreciate all that you guys have done for us oh well thank you i mean it goes both ways man without people that like the guys that are attending your camp and gals um you know there's no reason for a company like us to exist so uh you know we're in this thing together so to speak not to sound corny but we appreciate we appreciate everybody that you have in your camps as well 
Cool. Well, appreciate your time, Kevin. Uh, we will drop this podcast soon, and we will basically get more products in the hands of those awesome athletes and let them decide for themselves. And hopefully folks heard the podcast today, maybe got a nugget or two on their own journey. Uh, where can people find you on social and follow your adventures out there in Arizona and all the stuff that you do? Oh yeah. Well, and me personally, it's wild athlete. I know it's super original. <laughs> and then our company page obviously is wilderness underscore athlete. So, uh, you know, my, my page has been pretty quiet as of late, just been getting through trade show season and stuff. But, uh, yeah, this season we've got a lot of fun, interesting things coming up. So yeah, stay tuned. And then you can always find all of our product information at wildernessathlete.com. Awesome. Kevin. Thanks for your time guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks Dan. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that podcast. I'm sitting here with my son, Tristan. Say hi, Tristan. Hi. And uh, we just wanted to say thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, remember that call to action? You got 30% off your next purchase at Wilderness Athlete. Use discount code ELKSHAPE30. And tell you what, if you haven't already sat down and kind of lined out your biggest areas of opportunity, hashtag weaknesses, let's go ahead and figure out what those are and start planning to execute total domination in 2020, whether it be the fitness, the nutrition, the mental preparation, the e-scouting, the shooting your weapon, under duress, the shot process, you name it, figure it out, get it done, in the name of better elk hunting. Appreciate you guys. Take care.